It's the Ryer ride-along version of instant analysis on a Thursday night from outside Alabama Fall Camp 2019. The Crimson Tide working out under the lights tonight at the Thomas Drew practice fields, of course, that are housed right there behind the Malmore Athletic Facility. Um, Alabama back out there in full pads on Thursday night. Uh, one day after going into full pads for the first time, during the 2019 preseason. So Alabama pushing toward that first scrimmage of fall camp 2019 on Saturday at Bryant-Denny Stadium and kind of a newsy Thursday around the complex. Uh, first of all, you had former heavyweight boxing champion Mike Tyson address the Crimson Tide on Thursday. And then as we went out to practice, uh, we didn't see DJ Dale. Uh, the freshman defensive lineman who's been working with the first team defense really since about the second half of spring drills back in April. So uh, DJ Dale not out there. I was in this area around the athletic facility earlier today doing some work for CBSSports.com. Happened to see an individual on crutches uh, being assisted into the facility. That may have very well been DJ Dale. Um, what we understand likely a lower extremity injury. No solid word yet on the ex, uh, extent of the injury, the severity of the injury. Um, so we'll know more in the coming days. Now, Nick Saban's not expected to address the media again until after Saturday's scrimmage, but uh, I would guess that perhaps in the next 24 to 36 hours, we might have some more concrete information. Doesn't sound like that it's... Uh, uh, overly severe, but again, you have to kind of wait and see how these things go, uh, especially with big guys. can be especially tough on those bigger linemen. So DJ Dale not out there tonight with the defensive lineman. LeBron Ray once again out. So you know, still a lot of depth there in terms of scholarship options, uh, but as far as experienced guys, uh, certainly Ray fits that bill. Raekwon Davis out there doing his thing tonight, looking good doing it. Uh, but as far as Dale's absence and what that could mean for, say, Saturday's scrimmage, if if at a minimum DJ Dale isn't able to scrimmage on Saturday, uh, you're looking at some guys that are relatively new to the program, been around a year or two, a couple of years anyway. Stefan Wynn, uh, the big man, we've seen him at nose tackle. Uh, Vita Musica, the junior college transfer, has worked inside at nose tackle uh, during his year plus here in the program now. Uh, Ish Softshur, uh, Ishmael Softshur, the true freshman out of Louisiana, uh, could be another one of those guys that sees a little bit of uptick maybe in his reps when it comes to Saturday scrimmage. But I wouldn't panic just yet where DJ Dale is concerned. He is very much needed because of what he brings to the interior of that defensive line. Really, no disrespect meant to LeBron Ray, who is, I think, going to be important too, especially from a standpoint of having played uh, in SEC football against the very best competition. But in terms of what they bring from a specific skill set, the two guys that Alabama up front really needs to have around during the upcoming season as much as possible are DJ Dale, and Raquan Davis. I think those two guys in terms of importance, because with Dale, you still are gonna need a base nose tackle. I know Alabama doesn't see a lot of offenses these days that that employ schemes that require a, a, a true nose tackle, but I think even Duke in the season opener, David Cutcliffe, 
his principles on offense are pretty pro-related. That means you're going to see perhaps multiple tight ends. And when you have multiple tight ends, that means you're in your base personnel. That means you have your base nose tackle on the field. We'll see. You know, I would say, again, these are all hypotheticals. But, you know, with DJ Dale, assuming it isn't a long-term type injury, you know, the key dates on the schedule when you look ahead to August and September, certainly you'd love to have him for the opener, and maybe you will. But if you don't, um, you know, that South Carolina game in mid-September, again, just kind of throwing some things out there, not making any declarations about when D.J. Dale will or will not return to practice, but just some scenarios to consider. I think Alabama stocked in a way along that defensive line for the time being that really, even through September, probably be okay. But uh, again, D.J. Dale, Raekwon Davis, a couple guys you really need to have uh, in the fold as much as possible. We also uh, checked out the outside linebackers, had Sal Sanceri and his guys right in front of us out there tonight. Sal, as always, bringing the heat, coaching them up. We didn't see Terrell Lewis and Anthony Jennings do a whole lot early in individual individual periods, but they kind of picked it up a little bit. These aren't guys that you're going to tax uh, in fall camp. You're, you're not going to ask Terrell Lewis, especially coming off an ACL injury, uh, and you're not going to ask a fifth-year senior, a veteran, uh, in Anthony Jennings to really load up on the uh, the 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 individual drill reps. So you know those guys are are kind of being managed. I would say like some other veterans on this team. Um, but we saw some secondary work out there tonight as well. Uh, we did see some of the young safety sort of interchange uh, at what looked like a safety spot, and then slide up into that money position. Demarco Hellams, uh, one of those Jordan Battle, another true freshman. Those young safeties. Uh, becoming acclimated with the multitude of roles uh, that Nick Saban and Charles Kelly and Carl Scott put on these defensive backs. If you're a corner, you're probably going to rep in at some point at star. If you're a safety, you're probably going to move up into the box and work some at the money position in advance of perhaps a role in the dime. So we saw some of that. Uh, the secondary looked to be uh, there and accounted for. Um, Josh Job working at corner, Patrick Sertan, Trayvon Diggs, Jared Maiden. Jared Maiden at safety. We continue to see a lot of uh, Shaheem Carter at the star position, uh, but they've got a lot of possibilities when it comes to combinations out there. Miller Forrestal we saw on the practice field tonight. He was with the tight ends. He was in shorts, shoulder pads, and a helmet. Uh, didn't do much of anything that I saw while we were out there. Uh, but still, again, good to see him perhaps moving toward uh, a recovery that will get him on the field at some point in the near future. That's about the biggest news and notes that we have from Thursday night. Um, you know, nothing really of particular interest where the the offensive line is concerned. Um, gave you a lot of quarterback stuff. Uh, a couple of days ago, along with the wide receivers. But if you got anything for me on this Thursday night, let's hear it before we get out of here. Sean checking in from Albertville, Alabama. Good evening, Sean. Shannon wanting to know about Trey Sanders and whether or not he's going to have a role this year. I, I think Trey Sanders is going to play. 
I don't have much or any real doubt about that. Um, it just is going to be to what extent are we going to see him? Are we going to see him a lot early in the season? Say like a TJ Yeldon in 2012? I don't know. Um, but I think there's certainly the possibility, the potential is there for Trey Sanders to impact that, that rotation as a top three kind of guy. And in certain situations, um, you can put him out there with another back. That's something Alabama has been a pretty big proponent of here in the last few years uh, with the two back looks. And he's another guy that in terms of the kick return game, if you, if you wanted to give him a shot back there, he might be able to do that question about the pass rush for the upcoming season. Well, you know, I'm not ready to say that DJ Dale's going to be a six, seven, eight, nine sack guy, um, but I think we've seen enough to understand that from an interior pass rush situation, he can be very important. That said, you still have Raquan Davis. Uh, you need to get LeBron Ray back healthy, but, you know, there's some guys beyond those first three that are going to need to step into some roles, at least probably situationally, if nothing else, to keep your top guys, your your frontline guys fresh um, throughout the course of a game. So the opportunities there for Justin Aboigby, uh, the true freshman that we've seen work with the ones in place of LeBron Ray. Um, you know, there's there's other guys in that in that newcomer group uh, that have an opportunity. Antonio Alfano, uh, haven't heard much about him. Uh, to this point of fall camp, but we just got into full pads. We'll see. Maybe after Saturday scrimmage, there's more of a buzz about Alfano. And, you know, to be fair to these guys, that's what we need to do. We need to get into some scrimmage work and kind of see how it works there. Now, on the edge, Terrell Lewis, Anthony Jennings, Christopher Allen, um, watching Jerez Parks tonight. Jerez Parks, to me, looks like he's a little more streamlined in his look than he was even in the spring. Um, you know, not not what I would say, uh, again, not to say that he's underweight. Um, I think he's fine there. He just, he looks more, again, streamlined, I guess the best way to put it. Ray asking about the starting five on the offensive line. I think going into Saturday scrimmage, a smart bet would be on Jedrick Wills at right tackle, uh, Matt Womack at right guard, Chris Owens at the center position, Emil Echior at left guard, and uh, of course, Alex Leatherwood at left tackle. That would be, I think, going into that scrimmage, the first five. Battles between wide receivers and DBs, I think they're probably really good. Uh, what we saw in the open practice on Saturday, I've talked about it this week, I thought Trayvon Diggs uh, was especially impressive in man coverage, and that's really what it comes down to especially for those corners, Patrick Sertan, Trayvon Diggs, Josh Job, You got to be able to win in man coverage situations. And going against these guys, yeah, that's as good as they're going to see all year. Brock, uh, Christian Barrymore is right there in that mix. And a guy I should have mentioned just a minute ago, um, the little bit that we've seen him, say, even back in the 8A game, back in the spring, he was – disruptive when he was in there. Uh, I think he had some fine tuning and some polish that he needed to add to his game. Uh, did that last year or started that process last year as a red shirt. Uh, but he's very much, I think, in that mix to, to be potentially a top six or seven guy in that rotation. 
Najee looks great, Mark. If you saw the website yesterday, I was able to get you a lot of video of the running backs. And, you know, the crazy thing about running backs and looking at a guy like Najee Harris, Najee Harris may be the most physically impressive looking player on Alabama's team. And that's saying something. And look, I understand Raquan Davis, um, you know, even Landon Dickerson coming in as the, the grad transfer from Florida State, they've got some they've got some some guys uh, that fit that bill that you would uh, you would not want to to uh, be next to on a beach or anything like that but you know Najee Harris looks great Najee Harris looks like an NFL guy but it, it sort of just blows my mind that you know running backs have been devalued to the point especially in the National Football League where a guy that looks like Najee Harris isn't of near the value these days as say a wide receiver but he looks great, and I think um, you know. You heard from Brian Robinson today. He spoke with the media. Charlie Potter, Kirk McNair. They're going to have all that for you at BamaOnline.com. But you know, those two guys you know, just have a physical look to them. Now, Najee is is not afraid to to sort of use the the lateral movement and the make you miss stuff. Um, whereas Brian Robinson, I think, may be a little more assertive uh, in terms of getting downhill quickly. Uh, Najee can run behind his pads too, uh, but you look at them and you think they're pretty similar, and you know, in stature and measurables they are. But in terms of style, they're they complement each other pretty well. Yeah, Ray. I mean, Tua looks good. I talked about this earlier in the week too. Talia looks good. You know, all those quarterbacks you can see have made some strides. Mac Jones came in here a couple, three years ago in need of, you know, legitimate bulk and weight and strength and things like that. I think Mac's done that. I think Tua um, has done what he's needed to do uh, in the offseason. And I think Talia, maybe as much as anyone, uh, just looking at him out there and thinking back to the end of his senior year at Thompson High School, he's, he's changed a good bit as well. Willie's asking about Josh Job as the dime package DB. I, I think, Willie, I, I think that there's a good chance you're going to see Josh Job out there in the nickel. Now, there's some scenarios that could impact that. If they feel like they want to roll with Shaheem Carter at star, then probably going to stick with Patrick Sertan and, and, uh, and Trayvon Diggs at corner. But if, like what we've seen a lot since last spring, it's either Sertan or maybe digs at star, uh, then that's where you would see Job at the other corner. It's a big Saturday coming up for the kickers and punters, Chris. Um, we did see the punters Saturday at Bryant-Denny Stadium, uh, but I think the kickers will probably be featured more uh, on Saturday in the first scrimmage this Saturday. Uh, so Joseph Bulavis, Will Reichard, I've said it before, I don't know if it'll be this year for Will Reichard, but it's not hard for me to envision a scenario at some point during his four years at Alabama that he might handle all of it. I'm not saying that's going to be this year, but I think he is that kind of talent, and I think he's improving in every one of those areas. I, the punting last Saturday was, was particularly, uh, I thought, improved from him. The third inside linebacker right now, that's kind of – TBD, to be determined, I would say. 
Um, Saturday again, we'll tell a lot about that. Uh, right now, I would probably lean towards Markel Benton. I think the way that it's sort of stacked up to this point has been as much based on experience as anything else. Um, with Dylan Moses, Josh McMillan, Markel Benton, uh, and then, you know, you could see uh, Shane Lee. You could see uh, the two second-year guys, um, maybe even Christian Harris. You know, Christian Harris is kind of learning still the position, not really where he played in high school. But I don't know if anyone's really slamming the door to the extent right now beyond those first two guys to think that any of these guys are out of the mix. Um Based on what we saw in the spring, I, I think Shane Lee still has a really good chance to make a run to that third spot, and you know Benton is is right there too. Haven't heard anything more about Nigel Knight. You heard from Nick Saban last uh, on Wednesday night following practice. Um, didn't really have anything to add to Nigel Knight's situation other than to say that they hope to have him back at some point, um, and. I've said it before. It's been a it's been a tough run for Nigel Knight. He came to Alabama, had some injury issues the first year or two that he was here. Actually had a nice extended stretch last year where, you know, he was able to stay healthy and available at least, even if he wasn't uh, a primary guy on the two deep. Uh, and it's tough for him right now because they have recruited again at a level, especially in these last two classes, where, you know. Brandon Turnage is a promising-looking freshman. Scooby Carter is a promising-looking freshman. Um, you know they, They're starting to stockpile some real talent again at that cornerback position. And with the, the medical issues that he's had, it's hard not to think about the potential of perhaps a medical disqualification at some point. We'll see. Again, like Saban said, hopefully he's back tomorrow, Nigel Knight. But just the tone and the tenor kind of the situation, it doesn't really lend itself to a lot of optimism. Tight end, you know, we talked about Miller Forrestall earlier out there, uh, not ready to go at this point. Uh, you're not going to see Miller Forrestall in a scrimmage situation Saturday. You may very well not see him the next Saturday. It may be a little bit still, but good to see Miller back out there. Uh, because typically when that happens, that means a guy is trending towards at least um, getting back into the mix uh, in the near future, if not the very near or immediate future. Um, but that's that's kind of where it's at right now with you know guys like Major Tennyson out there still, uh, Cameron Latou, uh, Giles Amos, Jalil Billingsley, the true freshman. You also have Michael Parker, the redshirt freshman. So you got some decent numbers still. Uh, but not much in the way at all of proven guys. And even with even with Miller, it was kind of that way. But you saw Miller so early on in his career before the first injury um, that you, you, you felt like, well, they really like this guy. Um, and so there's some confidence there maybe with Miller that has yet to be developed with some of the others. Thanks, Chris. Tim asking about depth at corner. Um, you know, we, we mentioned a couple of those guys just a minute ago. Nigel Knott is out. Um, you know, and I, I should have mentioned Jalen Armour Davis. He's a real option there, too. And I probably didn't because it seems like we've seen more of Jalen Armour Davis at star. Um, but he's a guy that can play corner as well. Very impressive looking young player. 
He, of course, had the ACL injury of all things warming up in a game last season. Uh, Jalen Armour Davis went out with an ACL, but uh, he looks to have really done a nice job in his recovery. So he's another guy to go along with Scooby Carter um, and also Brandon Turnage, the true freshman. It's, it's young, the talent there at corner, uh, but you can see where these guys have a chance to be really good. DJ Dale, Jason, we didn't see him at practice. I said earlier, um, cruising through the facility area yet uh, earlier today, I did see what looked to be DJ Dale on crutches uh, going into the Malmore Athletic Facility. Um, so he didn't practice tonight. Uh, you know, I, I didn't get the sense in there that this is of the season-ending variety for DJ Dale, but we don't have any um, official information from Alabama at this time. Anything else before we get out of here, gang? The ride-along version of instant analysis? I'm not really going to drive and do this. Come on. You got it, Jason. Yeah, and with DJ Dale not out there, you know, again, guys that we talked about, Stefan Wynn, uh, Ishmael Softshire, the uh, the true freshman, uh, Vita Musica, the junior college transfer. They've got some guys, but, you know, DJ Dale has the potential to be the guy. Phillip, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that Tosh Lapoy's issue was teaching players. You know, it, it may have been more along the lines of coordinating an entire defense. Um, but, but I think Pete Golding, probably more so going into year two, um, has a little more cred with his players. You know, we talk so much about head coaches replacing iconic type head coaches and it can be tough. Well, it can be tough when you're Pete Golding to jump in there for a guy like Jeremy Pruitt, one of the very best in college football at the time. Whether you talk about coaching inside linebackers or you talk about coordinating defenses. And also, there was a very strong bond that Jeremy had with his players, especially Mac Wilson. And I don't know if that contributed to Mac's ups and downs a year ago, um, but I tend to think that another year with Jeremy Pruitt last year, we see a, a little bit different Mac Wilson. I, I think Jeremy Pruitt had the ability to really bring Mac all the way in. So with transition, things like that happen. It's not really anyone's fault. It's not Pete Golding's fault. Um, but I, I think in year two, there, there has to be a comfort level just with those linebackers first and foremost uh, compared to a year ago that is uptick. Uh, and then now knowing that day-to-day, hour-to-hour, week-to-week, he is the defensive coordinator, um, that's got to help too. You got it, Philip. Anything else? Going once, going twice, we're going to wrap it up. If you haven't already, Nicholas, we covered Jalen Armour Davis. If you haven't already, um, Charlie Potter with his practice report, I'm sure it's up right now, all the details from uh, the media viewing periods tonight, you're going to find in Charlie's practice report right there at BamaOnline.com. Deanon McMillan was out tonight with that camera, 
taking some pictures. I've got some video coming of the defensive line and also the outside linebackers. Uh, and again, if you subscribe to the Built by Bama online podcast there at your iTunes podcast center, this will drop directly to your podcast library each and every time we do instant analysis. So we would appreciate you subscribing to the Built by Bama online podcast. By the way, we're going to have a recruiting podcast coming tomorrow with Hank South, recruiting analyst for BamaOnline.com. We're going to do that one tomorrow. That'll be up on the website as well. And of course, we're going to get you ready for Saturday scrimmage at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Keep it locked to BamaOnline.com. Appreciate each and every one of you guys and gals. Have a great rest of your Thursday night, everybody.